You're listening to a podcast from the Finnish Football Show. This is the Finnish Football Show. I'm Mark Wiltshire. Thank you for joining us for another episode. I'm here today with Keke Nulavi. Hi, Keke. Hello. And with Rich Nelson. Hi, Rich. Hey. And we're going to be having a bit of a catch-up of all things Finnish football, really. We'll start by looking at the current state of play in the Bakehouse Liga and one or two current goings-on there. Um, we'll look forward to the Women's Euro 2022 competition, which starts next week on Wednesday, the 7th, 6th of July. And we'll also have a look at the Sawman Cup because we're into the quarterfinal phase and games are being played tonight as we record this and over the next day or so. Um, so by the time you get to listen to this, you'll probably have results and they'll be listed in the uh, in the blog post. So have a look down there um but there's the referee's whistle and i think um rich we should uh, start with a little bit of breaking news that that came through this afternoon about finland's record of goal scorer yeah um well let, let's be uh, equality friendly here record men's goal scorer um but, uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah but um yeah so it's come out today that um famal pukki's agent has told uh, mtv and uh, for the uninitiated, MTV is a sports um, channel in Finland, not the American music one. Um, but yeah, he's told them uh, that they are in negotiations with Norwich um, with the aim of leaving the club and, and Tamil moving ideally to a Premier League side or at least a, a, a top division in, in a big league. And I think um, the the comments, the quotes were that he... Uh, yearns to play at a higher level and, and feels like he's proved himself after two seasons in the Premier League where he's done very well in a struggling team uh, and then scored a hat load of goals in the Championship. So um, I think it's a, an interesting scenario for him because we talked about it on a previous episode about sort of where where next after Norwich's relegation and um, and it's difficult because he's got one year left on his contract at Norwich. So you'd like to think they'd cash in, especially the fact that he's 32 now, but but then he's a proven goal scorer at championship level. If Norwich are looking to go back up to the Premier League, they could sell him and get 10, 15 million pounds for him maybe, but then you're not going to get a replacement who'd fit in as well as he would. So there's um, there's decisions to be made. I think Teimo Toronen, who's his agent, is is quite open to saying that if, if things don't change, then he'll be here in August and, and carry on as as before. But I think there's a lot of speculation as to where he might go and I think if if he's looking at staying in England then realistically you know we, we were talking off air about one of the promoted clubs maybe someone like Leeds or Brighton or Brentford uh, a team like that where again he'd score a lot of goals but um, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks now because the, the story's gone global as it were the the main uh, English the, it was in the Athletic this evening a, a report around it so it'll be interesting to see what happens because you know, Pukki's a legend at Norwich and I don't think anyone would begrudge him a move, but for for the sake of Norwich City, they'll want to keep him because they won't be able to replace him, quite frankly. So um, it's interesting to see where it goes because I think if he still thinks he can have another couple of years at a top, top division team, then uh, he needs to act now, but where, who knows? Okay, what do you what do you think? I, I my thoughts are yes, okay, it might be they sell him for ten or fifteen million, and that might not be worth as much to them as all those championship goals. But also, if a player wants away, then maybe it's better to let them go and and sort of cherish what you once had. Yeah, I mean, um, as Rich said, he he is a bona fide legend at Norwich City, and he um, he always will be. I mean, he scored bucket loads of goals for them. And um, and yeah, as as you said, Rich, I don't think the fans would would begrudge him a move if he um, if he does feel that he can still do the business in the Premier League. I certainly think he can. You know, um, we all saw how 
how poor Norwich were last year, and um, and Temi ended up with uh, more than more than a few goals. So um, so I still think he can do a job, and in a better side, he'd, he'd flourish. But um, you know, with agents, you never know whether it's a, a a a tactic for a little pay rise over the next year or so, or or what. But um, but you know, you got to look at Norwich's business model. I think they're um, obviously they'll get their parachute payment, etc. But I think I just think yeah, if um, you know, in the grand scheme of things, maybe 10, 11, 12 million pound ain't a lot of money when you're talking about Premier League footballers these days. But I think for a for a fellow of Temes age who's um, who's got 12 months left to run, if they can coax 12 or 15 million pound out of out of another Premier League team, then Norwich City might be uh, tempted to sell. Mm. Okay, we watched this space. We we finished our previous kind of full finished football show speculating about his future and now we've done just a little bit more a little bit more we're speculating every step of the way so I dare say when we all get back from one of these uh maybe in July or early August then we'll um we'll be spe- we'll, we'll have a little bit more information the the season well, will be basically starting by then maybe that's where uh Temme's agent got the story from initially do you know what I mean he's uh <laughs> obviously an avid subscriber to the finished football show heard us lot heard us look chatting about it and thought yeah you know there's there's something to run with there let's um let's move on somewhere a little closer to home for me anyway which is the uh the Vakehouse Liga season we're we're about halfway stage now um some teams have played 11 some have played 12 so it's there there or thereabouts um when the the regular season is 22 games before it splits into the top six and the and the bottom six um i don't know how to recognize this team the top coops they seem to be doing all right rich yeah they um the unbeaten record is gone they uh 31 games unbeaten they, they lost away to honka um a couple of weeks ago um, turned up and just got played off the park. Really didn't turn up that day, unfortunately. And, and Honka played well. Um, Honka are third, and realistically, you could say they're they're kind of the third horse in that race um, for for the title, at least at this stage. And, and they've only played eleven matches. Coops um, beat AC Olu two uh, one at the last last round of fixtures, and they've added to the squad they've signed Philip Valencic who has been at Inter and Hoiko in the last few years um he did he scored a lot of goals for them and then went to Dinamo Minsk in Belarus and did absolutely nothing as predicted just as the war was kicking off in in that part of the world um so he's come back for the rest of the season um and um yeah I mean Cups are the second the third highest goal scorers in in the table but um, but again, he'll he'll add some some firepower there. Um, now, will he, Rich, or, or are you going to have to end up eating your hat again at the end of the season? You're make I'll, leave the, I'll leave the hat you're wearing. Yeah, um, I think. Um, <laughs> well, hey, listen, I'm, I'm getting ready for my holidays. It starts on Friday, <laughs> so I thought I'd come dressed suitably. Yeah, I, I mean, um, Valencia's has, has proven quality, and I think, other than this really weird spell in in Belarus, he has proved. Even up to, to last season at Hoyiko, he was still scoring a bucket full of goals. Um, so as long as he's he's fit and, and can be integrated well, I mean, obviously Cubs have got Tim Bowen and and uh, Ikalnix who's scoring goals for him. But I think um, yeah, he's, he's proven quality, and, and to get him even just till the end of the season is is a good good little sign for Cubs. Um, is that on Hoy- loan, Rich? No, it's I think it's a short term contract. Oh, right. um, I think he was released from from Minsk. Mm. Um, but yeah, they, they, I think that that monkey or the millstone of the, the unbeaten run is gone now, so they don't have to to worry about that too much. Um, but yeah, that that honker game was, was a yeah a really poor performance. But um, but yeah, they got a three point lead and a game in hand over Hoyko now, which is a nice thing to see. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just saying, you know, you mentioned honker there, and we we spoke we've spoken about them on previous shows. They're really they're really sort of doing things. They're they're pulling up trees, and that that cooks result. Really goes to show you that um, they're ser- they're serious in this division. You know, um, they're 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 sort of up there giving it a go. And like you say, mate, they're um, they're in that they're in that race. I know, I know, you know, it's it's still a way to go, but they're in that race for um, for top spot. I mean, um, Sadiku is putting in some some brilliant performances. He's uh, he's turning it on all over the place. 
Um, we spoke about the other chap, uh, Florian Klebs, before. He's um, he's doing good things. So yeah, I mean, good on good on Honka. It's good to see him doing well. Yeah, they're a very solid um, Vegas Liga team, aren't they? They're they're generally there or thereabouts in that sort of third to fifth spot, and they're they're they've made a, a very good start to the season. They're they're two games behind Hoyekor, so they win their game in hand. They'll level potentially above them on goal difference, and you know only only. A, Another victory behind uh, Coops, so it's uh, it's tight. I'm yeah, well, the, ne- the, the next round, the next round is Coops v Hoyko. Oh, sorry, Hoyko v Coops um, okay. on, on at the weekend. So, um, and Hoyko are in rotten form, and their injuries are piling up as well. Um, Rupa Risky's been ruled out for the season, as has Valtteri Morin. Yone uh, Toivio has been ruled out, I think, for the next month to six weeks. So he's going to miss their first European matches. Um, they're really, really struggling. They had uh, Rajulovic sent off against Olu for, I mean, it wasn't a foul at all, but he got sent off for it. Um, and yeah, they've, I mean, the, the form's been appalling because they lost at home to Olu and then uh, lost away to Mariham as well the week after. And yeah, things are getting very tense there. You've got um, the coaches under quite a bit of pressure because I think it was, was it a couple of years ago, maybe slightly more, they sacked the manager for a similar run of form at a similar point of the season. And um, and I think Koskel is looking a little bit unsteady. Obviously, he can't help injuries, but still, you think Hoyko would have the resources and the strength in depth to be able to do pretty well. But yeah, they're looking well off the pace at the moment. And if they drop points against Cups next weekend, um, yeah, that gap's going to look very big. It's been, um, it's been a torrid time for them, hasn't it? I mean, these injuries are, are really nasty and they're, they're mounting up. But, you know, they had the Jair scandal to uh, to deal with. Mm. It's just been one bad news story after another for poor old Hoyiko. So, um, you know, I mean, interesting for uh, interesting for the rest of us watching watching the, how the league unfolds. But, you know, you, you don't really want teams to, to be under pressure because of injuries. Do you know what I mean? But, um, but yeah, it does, does sort of make it a bit more interesting at the top there. And there's a bit of a gap then from, from Honker in third down to Inter and... Arce Oul in fourth and fifth, respectively, but both on 18 points. And, you know, for Inter, perhaps underperforming a little, maybe fourth or third or fourth is where they would be. They didn't do it too to bad be. last time out. They did, they um, they smashed Lati 5-1 and they've um, they've got them again on Saturday, I think it is. So uh, I, don't mm. know if they'll, um, I don't know if they'll be looking for another 5-1 victory. Well, they're, they're the top scorers, but then um, Chalman is leaving at the end of the week. Um, it's his final game as we record tomorrow against Hoyko in the Cup. Um, his contract expires at the end of June and the clever money's he'll, he'll move, try again, going abroad uh, after he, he had a, a spell in, was it Norway? That didn't go particularly well before he returned home. So, um, so that's another one of those sort of short-term contracts. Yeah. Like, I think, like, like with... Like with yeah. Um, Valencia. Yeah. yeah, coming back. Yeah, so um, so he's leaving at the end of the week. Olu have re-signed uh, Rasmus Karjalainen yeah, uh, which is a great move for him. Gets in games. He's um, he had a sort of rotten injury run over the last sort of eighteen months or so. I mean, he was very much on the fringe of the first eleven for the Finland team uh, mm-hmm. when they qualified was, yeah. for, the, for the for the Euros, and then got injured and, and has really struggled to get sort of regular game time. So, going to a team like Ola, who are doing really really well this season, um, hopefully that works out for everyone and doesn't disrupt them too much. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of signings going on now. Um, then from sort of sixth down to ninth, Ilves, Haka, Verpies, and Asikor. It's all fairly, fairly close, fairly stodgy. Uh, I mean, it's he, here's here's something to 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 sort of show the differences between Verpies and Asikor. Verpies have scored twenty one goals in eleven games. I'm sure they've scored five twice. I keep seeing yes. Verpies five, which as, an, as a Saniyoki fan, seeing a Vasa team banging in goals sticks in the throat a little. Yeah, but it's um, normally Asikor nil. So. <laughs> well, well, that's the thing. We've we've scored eleven in twelve games. I mean, oh, man, I'm not enjoying my football. This much, this this, this <laughs> at the moment, uh, I've been I've been on a run since 
November, early December, where Wimbledon started losing games and went on a 27 game game run without a win. And now Ashley picked up the baton and they're manfully trying to continue that run. Um, I, I just really not enjoying football much at the moment. I've got a holiday coming up, two weeks off, um, and I'm quite looking forward to not watching too much football. Thank you very much. Um, I mean, um, Vapers, Vapers are doing, you know, the um, their league position sort of tells the story. They've they've, they've won as many as they've lost. But that um, where's that guy from? Rich is it in Ips, uh, Ipswich oh, Town? The guy that got Yenge. Yenge, yeah, yeah, he's he's uh, he looks he's the real a, deal. I mean, he's he's doing all right. I think he scored four or five already. Mm. Um, he's done really well. Um, they've lost Seba Strandvall. I think it might be for the whole season, if not for at least three months. They're captain and mm. the kind of the, the talisman of the team. But then when he got injured, they went to Hoyevko and battered them. Um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it's um, they're one of the teams that seem to be scoring well. Even Stephen Morrissey, I think, racked up his 300th appearance for the club quite recently. He, he scored two in that match. But then, to be fair, I could have scored two in that match. Well, the, the interesting thing there about their goal scorers, they've got three that have scored four goals and someone else who's got three. So they're really spreading it around the team, whereas Ashley Gore got one person who scored three in 12 and someone else who scored two. So it's, there's, there's a, there's a problem anyway for, for us, I guess if FPS have scored that many goals and they've only got three more points than say Nioki, then they must have, have some issues at the back because they're not racking up huge, huge wins or a huge number of wins anyway. Um, but we're just bad, really bad. Like, just slow, plodding, boring. Trust um, the process. Yeah, but you know, I'm, I'm, this process is so slow. I don't think we're ever gonna. <laughs> it's ever gonna get anywhere. Um, I don't know. There's there's talk of of maybe. Uh, well, a couple of players have have left contracts ending, um, so maybe that means that there's a couple coming in. Maybe this rebuilding, we just have to stick with it. There was a very interesting article in the local newspaper today, which I sent you guys, and I'll quote the the headline. Um, I haven't read the whole thing because the, the thing that was sent to me is a bit blurry, but Montevalmentaya Samad Ongelmat. Many managers, same problems. Let's leave it there. Yeah, there we go. Um, and then just at the bottom of the table, we've got Mariaham in 10th on 10 points, Lati in 11th with nine points, and uh, and poor old Hoyefko at the bottom with, with six points, one win and a, and a few draws to, uh, to to bring up the rear. Any any developments in what's been going on for Hoyefko? Um, I think from, from all I've heard is that they have enough money to keep going for the time being. I, I think they're... There's an element they may have oversold quite how desperate things were, um, but who knows. Um, but whatever happened, they picked up their first win last week against Ilves, a uh, last minute, well, sorry, not last minute, late, I think it's five minutes left. Winner, although then Ilves went up the other end in the 95th minute and missed a penalty. Um, but that's Mixu's first win for them. And by all accounts, things are, are steady enough for them to keep going for the foreseeable future because, I mean, the way things were reported as things were sort of dire, terminal, yeah. were words that I saw. And I think people rallied around and I think they they seem to have done enough to, to keep going, certainly in the short term. How that translates quite till the end of the season, we don't know. But I think the the kind of imminent doom has, has lifted for the time being. But yeah, and I think some of their ex-players have been kind of quite keen raising some money. I think even Saku Eriksson uh, had something on the, on the website today about that. But, um, but I think, yeah, and again, there were a lot of rumours that like, Mixu's contract might financially cripple them, but they came out and quashed all that. But who knows? I mean, he, he takes a lot of Christmas trees. Uh, let's, let's maybe maybe just finish off that by mentioning uh, in in the in the blog post to go with this episode. I've put the the table as it stands and the and the top scorers. But um, at the at the top at the moment with seven goals is uh, Lee Irwin from Haka, uh, Benjamin Chelman from Inter, and Tim Vaudenen 
from Coops who never score, never score. Um, okay. It's interesting because I think at the start of the season, someone someone made quite made a shout about uh, Irwin scoring some goals. Um, was that you, Keke? Yeah, I just want no, I, I just wanted to say before we disappear off the league table. There's, um, you know, our, our the ones who we like to love to see perennial mid-tablers and Rich is sporting their delightful shirt today FC Lati, they're, they're down there in 11th place but um, they've just got themselves a new manager I believe they, um, they've uh, they've they've done what they thought needed to be done, got rid of the old fella and they've, they've got themselves a new manager haven't they? Um, yeah, the new coach uh, is Mikko Manila, he was the ROPS manager last year, got them into the playoffs uh, for promotion with a very, very young team and did really well and then they're financial scenario blew up and the club sort of lucky to survive. He, he's now at, at Lati and um, he's won his first game, albeit we'll, we'll talk about the, the cup mm. game shortly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's come in, he's, he did well at Rops and, and has been around a while. I think they were rumoured at, at looking at Jona Kolka, who's just left his role at PSV Eindhoven. Um, but that never happened for reasons. But, um, but yeah, Lati, they were... Basket case, absolute basket case of a club, despite being, and no offence to any Lafty fans, but boring. Um, they've, <laughs> they've been quite quite exciting for a change. Nice, not just their kit. Yeah. How, how about if then, uh, if we, we pause there, head into our halftime break and um, then come back after, after halftime, look at the Women's Euros and the, and the Swarman Cup. I was going to go into sharing sharing my screen in in honor of the um, the Finland women's team, the Helmerit, who uh, who are playing in the women's Euros next week, and share some images of the beautiful um, Finnish football show Swarmy T-shirt. Um, but I can't because my computer's being naughty. So we'll we'll skip that and just say. If you're watching the video, you'll be seeing a picture of this right now. And if you're listening to the podcast, head over to tpublic.com, tweepublic.com. Have a look down in the description. There's a link down there. Uh, all of the uh, all of the t-shirt sales are um, make a little bit for the show and go towards the the running of the show. Um, and also, Rich, we've got the buy me a coffee. Yeah, buy us coffees, beers, whatever. Um... Pay for our tickets in Milton Keynes. Or, or perhaps more importantly, your ticket away from Milton Keynes. <laughs> yeah, well, say, so, didn't the style council saying come to Milton Keynes? We didn't come live in Milton Keynes. I can't remember the song went. But uh, yeah, now that'll be uh, three, three games coming up. We, I think Keke's getting a three, I'm getting a two. Gonna be a nice little turnout, I think, by, by the sounds of it. Okay, so send, send us all the money you can possibly spare and keep these two in meat pies for all those games that they've got coming up. And we'll move on from that 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 unusually shambolic advertise advert advert break. And uh, we don't have uh Sipoli this week because Mark Hayton's not here and we didn't ask him. Um, so there's the whistle. Let's go into the second half and let's look at this women's Euros that's coming up. Um, first of all, I suppose we should talk about the team. There was, well, one surprise. One of our players, uh, Paula Muluoya, wasn't selected for this squad. Any other big surprises for, for you guys? I mean, no, not really. I mean, um, obviously, uh, I was I was really really gutted for Paula. You know, um, she's uh, she will actually travel. She was there yesterday for the friendly, and she will actually travel with the squad just to you know be um, be part of the part of the group and um, and you know just uh, be on standby just in case anything else sort of sort of happens if okay. any of the any of the GKs are, are, are beset by injury or whatever. But um, but yeah, you know, you 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 push hard, you work as hard as you can, and um, and yeah, and it's uh, and it's. But someone, you know, there's there's plenty of players. Some some people obviously always miss out, and you know, um, yeah, the the Dallas Lati who's come in, she's a she's a quality goalie. I mean, um, 
you know, we all know that uh, that Tinny's going to going to start, but um, but yeah, Dallas Lutty's come in, and it'll be an experience for her to uh, to be with a squad at the Euros. So you know, fair enough. But yeah, the um, the squad it's it's a it's a it's a pretty familiar. There's a lot of familiar faces. I mean, the the only other one who who sort of missed out, who who I was hoping to see, was Kaiser Collin, um, the ARK forward. I mean, um, she's not made the cut, and you know. She's, ARK are, are, are not doing brilliantly in Damel Svenskan, but Collins a decent player. I thought she might she might get a look. But you know, we spoke about this at the men's Euros. There's only so many players you can take, isn't there? So you know, unfortunately, some some do miss out. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a pretty decent looking squad. Um, but yeah, they had their they had their first warm up friendly yesterday, and uh, um, half time it was uh, it was all looking okay. It was maybe I wouldn't say going to plan, but um, there was a there was a sort of freakish own goal that gave Japan the lead down there in Turku. And, um, yeah, the ball came over and sort of went in off of uh, Natalia Kuika's chest past um, past Tinny. But, yeah, the, the girls sort of pulled it back to 1-1 at half-time. Emma Koivisto got the ball and fed Adelina Engman, who, who turned the, the Japanese player absolutely wonderfully and then just sort of drove on, kept going like a, like a knife through butter and larruped in a shot sort of just inside the box for 1-1 one, one. but um, but yeah Japan sort of really turned the screw in the second half Yeah it finished finished 5-1 didn't it which is um, maybe not the best preparation ahead of the ahead of the competition I think it's I think it's fair to say that we've upped our game in the last year or so watching the watching the women's game um, but it it's only been over the last year or so and in that period of time, this squad looks fairly settled, which is probably why there's not any any major surprises apart from apart from Paula not being in there. But even even me running my ignorant ignorant eye over the over the squad, it's there's there's a player there that I'm looking forward to see that um, Vesterlund at the at the back. Uh, Bringing the ball out and spraying those long passes that I that I love to see um, is one that I'll be uh, I'll be keeping an eye out for. But I guess does yesterday's result make you guys a little bit more nervous ahead of the ahead of the competition? I mean, we should perhaps talk about the the opponents as well. Well, yeah, I mean the Japan the former World Cup winners, aren't they? Um, and they're playing Holland uh, Netherlands at the weekend, who are the the holders of the Euros, as we speak, um, which will be another tough test. Um, but they who got a spanking from England last week? Well, exactly, yeah. So, so that's where we are. You know, I mean, Netherlands, the holders, got beaten by England, who are the pre-tournament favourites. Mm. Um, Finland. Uh, all the previews, all the predictions are that they are going to be the the whipping people of uh, of the group and and the tournament and. And there was a, um, a a graphic today from one of the stats websites saying that Finland had something like a zero point two percent chance of winning the Euros, which yeah, it's probably fair, and and we'll have to share that with the old dumb and dumber. So you're telling me there's a chance gift that we're so fond of, um, but um, but I mean really, and, and I I read a, a popular UK magazine, I won't name them, and um, they had um, a preview of the rest of the teams in the group, and it was. Germany, Spain, Denmark. Wow, wow, wow. Oh, Finland. <clears throat> right, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and again, maybe that's the thing about women's football coverage, I don't know. But um, I mean, Finland can only learn and, and get the, the match sharpness from these games. I mean, if, even if they are getting the run around, and then they did, I think they performed quite well in, in the tournoi in France yeah, at the beginning of the year and, and looked fairly competitive for decent chunks of those games against genuinely stronger opposition mm-hmm. um and you know they, they've not played particularly well in the world cup qualifiers and now the squads together they've been training together for, for a while and i mean this squad know each other incredibly well there are very few spaces for new new people but um you know they'll learn from that japan game they'll learn from the netherlands game i mean you'd imagine they'll go in there very much second favorites but um going into the group in the first game on on Friday week against Spain, they, they can't ask for better preparation than playing Japan and Netherlands. Um, th- this is the time. This is the thing that this team has been growing for, and, and they qualified 
well in a fairly strong group uh, for this tournament. They they beat Portugal, they beat Scotland, and you know won that group deservedly. And um, you know they, they deserve to be there. And and again, you know that this is their fourth tournament now. Some of these players have played at international tournaments before, so they've got that experience. Most of the players play in big leagues in Europe, in Italy, Germany, Spain, France. And, you know, got someone like, um, I mean, we've talked about Talaslati, she's a Champions League winner, albeit on the bench. And uh, Toya Huronen has won five titles in a row with Juventus. You know, they're, they're players of decent decent pedigree. So, yes, they're very much four favourites in, in a very strong group. But um, but again, you know, turning up, it's it's a really big chance to... To, to show where, where Finnish football can go, you know, from, from the women's team and, and develop that beyond this tournament as well. Yeah, I'm just seeing if I can find information about where people can watch these games on TV. I'm having fun navigating the new Palolito website, which is probably been built to keep us on our toes. Um, no, I can't. Sorry, I can't mate, find I... it now, but I'll I'll find um I'll find it and put it in the in the blog post so that you can see where where to watch these games. I mean, like like Rich said, these um these girls they're all playing they're all playing really well in their in their respective leagues. Um, quite a few of the girls are playing in in Sweden and um and yeah, they're, they're you know you keep we keep an eye on that on that Damor Svenskan league and they're 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 scoring goals regularly. They're putting in that they putting in clean sheet performances at the other end, defensive or whether that be defenders or goalies. We got um, you know, the two the two goals at Tottenham in the WSL, Emma Koivistar, she's in the WSL. They're all playing at really good standards. And um yeah, Heidi Kolonen who who suffered so badly with injury in the in the run to these Euros, like she's she's back and she's in the squad. She's been doing good things at, at KIF Oreba. So um so yeah I mean you're there, aren't you? You're going to play the best in the world when you're at the European Championship. Oh, sorry, the best in Europe when you're at the European Championship. But you know, it's um, that's if you want to be at this top table, that's what you got to do. Yeah, I've just found it actually. It's on Ule as as hope. So that's the the national broadcast over here in Finland. And how is the coverage being advertised in the UK, guys? Uh, it's on the BBC. Um, it's yeah, I mean the, the the media coverage again as it seems to do with every women's tournament, seems to be slightly more high profile. Mm, You've got a lot mm. more um, female pundits, female presenters, um, and, and the coverage is, is generally a lot stronger. And I think certainly in this country, in, in the UK, I think the, the coverage of the Women's Super League now is such that I think a lot of the, certainly the England players and, and some of the, those are, are are very well known. And, you know, these games that are being shown on terrestrial TV and really, it's, I mean, it's a massive opportunity. I mean, they've already sold, I think, nearly half a million tickets um, for the tournament across across the, the, the many games. And and even despite the controversies around where these games are being mm. played, and I'm not, mm. not just talking about Milton Keynes, but, mm. um, you know, that there are games at Man City's reserve stadium because of the way that the bidding process was done. But mm. even so, I mean, half a million tickets is, is fantastic. And... Um, and I think a, a chance to see, I mean, we, you know, Kegu was a slip of the tongue, but, you know, let's be honest, other than Japan and the USA and, and arguably Canada, this is the best of the world. Yeah. Um, and and really to, to have an opportunity for Finland to go up against three of the well, definitely stronger teams anyway. Um, I mean, it's a massive opportunity for, for someone to make a name for themselves and, and really kind of make that memory in the way that the men's team did last summer. So are, there, are all the games in the UK on terrestrial telly or is it spread across different platforms and I, I, online and stuff? I think some will be on like the red button, yeah, etc. The the BBC Sport, although most of the new tellies can watch them as, as normal. I think the, the England games and some of the sort of other I think um the big games with the other yeah. big countries will be but there. But uh, yeah, I mean it's a massive. I mean bearing on the finals at Wembley, so you're looking at 90,000 there, which is huge. Yeah, I um, I've noticed that the BBC is giving this like like the, the the various podcasts that I listen to are giving this similar treatment to the men's competition last year. Uh, the the FA held this day of meet the players, and it just feels like it's building up in a similar way, which it certainly hasn't 
before. I was I was hoping to be able to bring someone into our group at least for, during this competition, but that that contact hasn't been made yet. But um, I wouldn't mind having someone coming to join us and and really talk to us about Finnish women's football from from a different perspective. So uh, if any women are listening out there with an interest in Finnish, in Finnish football or knowledge of Finnish football, we've all got an interest, but let's have some more knowledge and then let, reach out, let me know. Let's be honest, um, to, to plug uh, next week, we're going to have an episode, an interview coming out with um, a, a lady who, who wrote a book about Finnish football, uh, well, women's football with a focus on Finland, it's, it's in Finnish, but also across the, the history of women's football in, in Europe and around the world. So I spoke to Johanna Ruhonen last week about her new book, Leiston Lahi, and she talked about the history and, and the development, the, the issues with inequality, um, the, the potential for growth in women's football in, in Finland mainly, uh, looking ahead to this tournament and uh, she spoke to a lot of the players and the people behind the scenes and and how they're looking at using this tournament to make the profile of women's football in Finland massive um we joked about some of the gimmicks you know I think one of the schemes has uh, adverts with the princesses from Frozen and Snow White kicking the ball around but um but no it was it was an interesting chat you know she she knows an awful lot she's done a lot of research and and, and as a, an amateur footballer herself has an interesting insight. So that'll be coming out uh, Monday. Yeah, it'll be coming out yeah. just before the competition. There's a little, there's a little nice. continuation of this coverage. I, I've had a sneaky listen, and it's a, it's a really interesting interview. So uh, well done, Rich, and and thanks to Johanna. It's uh, it's worth checking out. I'll tell you what. I mean, um, especially I don't want to bang on about it, but especially having missed out on my uh, my tickets for the men's Euros due to that damn COVID. I mean, I, I, I for one. I'm certainly really looking forward to this. You know, um, obviously there's uh, there's not a sort of getting on flights and disappearing to a foreign country that that um, that might give a little extra edge. And we we are only off to Milton Keynes, but but the free group games to support the country, you know, over in a in a in a major tournament, it certainly has got 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 me buzzing. I I can't wait. I've got um yeah more than a few friends coming over from Finland for it. So um, yeah, look out, Milton Keynes. It's going to be going off. Yeah, just to just to finish off there, then just to remind of the the three Finland group games. It's Friday the eighth of July, Spain versus Finland at, at seven p.m. I guess that's finish time because that's yep. where I was looking at it. And then Tuesday the twelfth, Denmark versus Finland, uh, rematch from last last year's uh, Christian Eriksen game. Um, the two the two countries match up again. That's at uh, seven p.m. on Tuesday the twelfth. And then the final game is Saturday the 16th. That's at 10 p.m. finish time. That's Finland versus Germany. Um, I've been finding the UEFA website really, I mean, this might sound obvious, but really useful for information about this. And, and it goes down, you can drill down some quite useful details about, uh, you know, pre-match and, and post-match statistics as well. So I've... I, Put the fixtures in there and, and a link to uh, to where that can all be all be found. Hopefully, that's useful to the listener. Right, finally, let's move on to Sawman Cup. We've been talking about Sawman Cup all the way through um, from the, the the days when there were hundreds of fixtures and um, and we were marvelling at some of the the names of these these clubs down in the sort of sixth seventh eighth tier of of Finnish football um we've got through the phase now where first teams are losing to their academy sides and reserves and we're now at the quarterfinal stage and earlier Rich you referred to Lati's game that was actually played this evening when we were recording this 28th of June um what was the result and what was the controversy? Um, so Lati, who we spoke about earlier, first game under the, the new manager, uh, they played Yaps of Yarvinpa um, at home. Uh, they won 2-1. Yaps, who beat Asiolu in the previous round, which is a, a cracking result, uh, thanks to one of the, the great own goals of Finnish football history. Omar Mali strikes again. Um, but yeah, so um, 
Ola went uh, Lati went one nil up, and their goalkeeper Antonio Reguero. It's hard to describe without sounding like Mortal Kombat. Assaulted with two foot scissors into the stomach of the Yaps forward, um, feet f- several yards off the floor. It was an incredibly dangerous foul as the ball was lofted over. I mean, it wasn't exactly a one-on-one chance either. Um, got his marching orders after, I think it was about 26 minutes. And um, yeah, it was uh, just a very ugly foul. If you want to see the video of it, I've got it on my Twitter feed. Um, <laughs> but um, it's, yeah, it was very Escape ugly. Escape to saw me on Twitter. Yes. Um, Yaps came back to, to equalise. They, they scored the resulting penalty. Uh, to make it 1-1 at half-time. And um, they then missed another penalty in the second half after 69 minutes, which would have put them 2-1 ahead. Um, Lati then scored any, uh, a winner in the 91st minute to, to go through the semi-final. Now, Lati have never won the Swarman Cup, so in their current guys, I'll make that clear, they've, I think, Ray Pass and Kursusi, who merged to form Lati in the 90s, have won it separately. But Lati in this iteration have never won it so they're through to the semi-final but they did make hard work of it so uh, yeah I can't, I'm not sure if they've done the draw for the semi-final already they like to do these things in advance um, but yeah it's um, they're, they're through to the semis now so uh, yeah tense although I think they racked up six bookings and the red card in this game so they've definitely come out fighting the, the semi-final fixtures are not listed on the um the website so um that's not that's not there at the moment um but the remaining three games of this round are fc inter at home to hoyiko fc haka at home to coops and pk35 who are in ukunen yes at home to hoyefko um PK35 is a, is a name that may not be familiar to everyone listening, um, but they do seem to crop up from time to time in our interview shows, in conversation shows. And we we published this week the interview with Robert Ivanoff, and uh, it was there at the start of his career. Um, can one of you just tell a little bit about PK35? Well, they, um, yeah, they, they're, they're out of Vanta. They've... Um... They've got men's and women's teams. I've actually got two women's teams. It's, um, we've had some we've had some laughs before when they've, uh, they've come they up are against entirely people. separate clubs. Yeah. <laughs> they are not the same club, but they have the come same on. name and badge. <laughs> but um, all right, they are in, they are entirely separate organisations. Yes, who um, who look very similar, and we've had some uh, yeah we've had some laughs when they sort of come up against each. Um, come up against each other with yeah the uh, exact same kit and the exact same badge it's the localist uh, um, of derbies <laughs> yeah it is but yeah they've um, they've they've been they've done their bit for developing players both on the you know the men's side and the women's side Amanda Rantanen came through came through there I mean um, yeah her, her dad Rami Rantanen he's been involved there for a long time so um, so yeah well well established club but um, to be honest with you with that with one eye on that fixture, I'm I'm hoping that that this you know the Sawman Cup run can be the the little spur that Hoy Corn need to, uh, to to reignite their season. To be honest, well they've done I think in the the progress so far I think they've won two penalty shootouts already um, to get to this point. Um, so yeah, but um, again and I think one of the the game they played against Honka was at uh, PK35's ground in one of the early rounds for whatever reason that was. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's um, when, when you look at the fixtures and um, with, uh, Inter against Hoiko, which is the final, I think, in 2019, possibly 2020. And, um, you know, again, it's, it's Chalman's last game. Hoiko are really struggling. Um, I mean, this is going to be Inter's best chance to knock them out. Although Inter have done things the hard way. They beat Asiko on penalties in, in the round before that. And then they walloped their own junior team 10-0 in the round before that. So, uh, yeah, we'll call that one a bye. But, yeah, they've, they've got all you've got now in the quarterfinals. So, um, 
yeah, the, the big boys are left uh, cups as well. So it's, uh, it's exciting. And, and again, for, for the winner, assuming they don't qualify elsewhere, there's a uh, Europa Conference League spot uh, that goes with a check for, I think, is it 50,000 euros? And, and, didn't and, the, um, sorry, didn't the, the Hoya Corvapes game, wasn't that decided by a penalty shootout as well, where everybody yeah. missed? Was that that one? Um, yeah, that was that one where the Hoya keeper, Tananda, saved four penalties. Um, and it ended 2-1. Um, yeah. Yeah, so he saved four, and Hoyko still contrived to miss at least two. Um, yeah, it wasn't a high-quality one. That was that sort of that really horrible Monday that Hoyko had. Yeah. And they sacked their player sort of just after half, uh, full-time as well, which we won't go into. But, um, yeah, it's been a... I mean, this, this has been the first year that the Cups returned to this format, and it's been really... It's been good, yeah popular for I mean not necessarily for the right reasons I mean it's been the year of the Ilves game and teams beating and playing each other's reserve teams and stuff but um, it's definitely got people interested and I think that the buzz especially those early rounds we've got proper amateur players I mean people we know playing in that in those games Um, yeah I mean what's to stop us putting a Finnish football show team together for for coming rounds coming years I don't know but um, age fitness injury some of the people we know Um, and I think it's been a coup and I think that they they're looking now at doing similar going back to the women's Sorman Cup as well so um, I think maybe next year but um, the Sorman Cup I mean we talked about that in the the interview with uh, Johanna the, the women's competition um you know, again, real sort of opportunities there for, for teams to to play against these these big clubs. And and in the men's version, it's been really popular. Hey, I, I was just thinking that one thing we should mention briefly that it doesn't get lost in all this Sormon Cup, Euros, Vakehouse League, I think we've got European uh, competition starting next week. Wow. Um I know that on Thursday the 7th is Europa Conference game, uh, first round for Asicor. They're away to Flora Tallinn. Uh, and then the, the following week on the 14th is the home fixture. Um, I won't be travelling to Tallinn because holiday plans interfere, but um, which is a shame because in the past, Asikov have gone further afield. This was as local a derby as you could hope to get, and uh, it didn't quite work out. But I'm looking forward to the home fixture. Um, Rich, what, what are the other um, fixtures for the other teams? Hoiko are playing Riga FS from Latvia uh, in the Champions League. So this is the first qualifying round. That's um, on Wednesday, isn't it? That's on a Wednesday. Um, weirdly, because the way that this competition is structured, because the removal of Russian teams has created a, a void in the Conference League, um, so the loser of that would normally go into the second round of the Conference League. The loser of this goes into the third round. So, um, But again, Hoiko last year, because they made it into the group stage of the Conference League, coined it in. They earned millions of euros out of that just to really broaden that gap between them and the rest of the league, which hasn't translated onto the table, thankfully. Um, and uh, so in the, assuming they get through that one, uh, they've also done the draw for the following round, in which case uh, Hoiko would play uh, Victoria Pilsen of, uh, of Czechia, which is quite a big club. I think they've been in the group stage of the Champions League in recent times. I remember playing Man United. Uh, and possibly Chelsea. So um, so that's a tough draw for them if they get through. Uh, and the other Finnish teams in the uh, Conference League, so Cups are playing Dilla Gori of Georgia. Uh, we've already talked about Asiko, and Inter are playing Drita of Kosovo. So uh, again, uh, a bit of a step into the unknown. This is the, the issue with this, these competitions in their early stages. Um, but for those sides, if they get through, Coops uh, would play, I'm not going to try and pronounce these, a team from Lithuania or Moldova. Uh, Asiko would play Lillestrom of Norway if they qualified. You don't mind and, if I take this one game at a time, do you, Chad? No, no, I mean, it's Asiko, isn't it? But, um, and then Inter 
that's a really tough one. I've got Royal Antwerp of Belgium, who I'm pretty sure won possibly the UEFA Cup or the Cup Winners' Cup many moons ago. Um, but again, big, fairly big squad, big team. Yeah, that's good. Uh, we'll we'll put the the, the fixtures there and, and maybe a, a couple of screenshots of the the future fixtures as well. So they're in the uh, they're there in the uh, in the show notes as well. So uh, there's a lot there's a lot going on, a lot to keep an eye out. Yeah, for. well, those I mean that that basically they they get played throughout July. Um, last year, Hoycore did obviously got through the Group Asia Conference League via the Europa League. I think they were the first, if not the joint first team to ever get eliminated from three European competitions in one season. Uh, Coops got through to the playoff round and lost to Union Berlin, which was a, a great run. They've had a couple of good runs in Europe recently. So um, if Coops can keep that up, I mean, they're massively, I, I won't say in debt, but um, in the they could do with the money. Let's put it that way. So um, if Coops had a good run there, that'd be nice because uh, that'll take them into August when do with Certainly. a few new stands at that ground by the looks of things. Well, again, that was the, the the European run last year was one of the sort of drives behind getting planning permission for the new stadium that yeah. Mr. Ari Latti is uh, heavily involved in. Uh, no <laughs> conflict of interest there at all. Absolutely nothing to see here. <laughs> um, hey, there's the whistle. Let's let's draw a veil over this one. Um, Rich, you were talking earlier about your interview with Johanna Rohanen. Maybe she can be our following subject for this for this episode. Where yeah, can people she, find her? Um, so on Twitter, she's at Johanna R U O, so the first three letters of her surname. Um, on there, she's got links to to where you can buy her, her book. Um, we'll put all that in the show notes of the episode that come out. Uh, next week with yeah. with images and and things like that but um yeah she's um on there and and very much um sort of in, in the build up to this women's euros uh she she hosted a sort of Q&A at the Finnish embassy in London a couple of weeks ago which is how we got talking i, I wasn't invited uh, <clears throat> um but yeah and and again uh this book where she's hoping that at some point there might be an english translation but uh whether the market's there or not. But yeah, she's um, well worth following and uh, yeah, we'll put her Instagram in the uh, show notes as well. Very good. Well, that, that's it for this episode. Thanks to my co-hosts for joining me. Uh, Rich, goodbye. Hey, hey. And Keke, goodbye. Kitos, moiro. Listener, thank you for listening. And until the next episode of the show, which seems to me like it's going to be coming along quite soon. <laughs> And, and and regularly thereafter. Until then, goodbye. You've been listening to the Finnish Football Show. You can find us online at finnishfootballshow.com. Remember to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening or watching. You can follow the Finnish Football Show page and group on Facebook and on Instagram. See the links in the episode description below. You can also connect with the four hosts on Twitter, at Explore Finland, at FC Swarmy, at Escape to Saw Me, at Keke Mulan. Links to the Finnish Football Show merch stores are also in the episode description.